everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. We are back with the post-race podcast version of this podcast. Finally, after a long off-season. And not only that, I'm sitting right here next to Jordan Bianchi. We're not like virtually chatting. We're in the same room. I'm looking at your smiling face, Jordan. How are you? This I am well because I get to look at you. I mean, that's oh, just wow. such a such so a lovely. joy, such a treat. The last time I saw you, we were sitting in South, well, not South Beach, but South Florida, and we were discussing Kyle Busch winning the championship, and it feels like forever ago. Yeah. And you said when you were introducing us there, and you said post race podcast, I had to like pause for a second. I'm like, wow, yeah, racing is back, and we're talking about it today. Well, it certainly hit everyone over the head with a huge sledgehammer today here at Daytona. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because the clash, or as everybody on Twitter is calling it, the Bush crash. Um, Very uh, fitting name there. Oh, my gosh. You know, I guess I got myself in trouble there uh, because I was making a a jokey uh, scale of how the race was going on Twitter. And my last stat, I, I, I was like, this has gone from very stupid to like epically dumb or whatever I was saying. And then then like the last like zillionth overtime or whatever, <laughs> I was like, okay, now this is like black eye for the sports status. All these people like jump down my throat and they're like, you're horrible. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's really a black eye for the sport, but it was a big, dumb race. It was, it was a epic crash fest that was just ridiculously silly. I don't think it was much more than that, but it was a very silly race. That's my take. What, what about you? Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about it. One, it's an exhibition race, so I, I just refuse to get all worked up about it. And yeah, it was silly. There was a lot of crashes. I get that. It, it was everything we, we come to expect kind of in but you know speedway racing, which is manufacturers working together, guys throwing big, hellacious blocks that don't work, upset, you know, piles of car, wrecked cars, and then questioning is this worth it? And, and I, you know, and I, that's been kind of on social media a lot. My question is, I don't know if it's worth it. I know you're kind of, a, I think you're of the opinion that this race needs to, to go, right? And I don't know if I'm ready to make that thing. And, and to me, it comes down to what do the owners want? If the owners are okay with throwing this money at this race and coming here and knowing that they're basically going to light a pile of money on fire and they're okay with that and they're cool with it, then you know what? Then let them go at it and have fun. Because I actually think... In a crazy way, this is kind of like a made-for-TV event, and I think it was entertaining television, and you were sitting that there glaring at me, shaking your head. No, I, ju- I think that your opinion is representative of a lot of people that I saw on Twitter who, like, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I think this is just so – it's just so dumb. It's, it's real. I mean, you're starting to get ready for the season. The biggest event's coming up, and you're about – you know, you're trying to showcase how cool – your sport is and how talented these drivers are and the cool moves they can make and the great racing and side-by-side and thrilling action. And obviously you don't want them to be single file the whole time. And, but you also don't want them to wreck over and over and over again with, with just crazy moves. Um, and, and just, you're just like, Oh, I mean one or two of those, I think there's a, there's a line. Yeah. You're like, okay, well that's part of it. But when you're getting to, I mean, you're like, come on, man. Like this isn't, you know, I, I think what really put me over the tipping point was that the restart wreck where William Byron and Ryan Newman yeah. got into it um, and like took out a lot of the field. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh, great. And maybe I'm oversensitive here about NASCAR. Maybe I get a little bit defensive about NASCAR sometimes because I know that outsiders, I know how they view it. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of clip that's going to be on like, you know, 
HLN in the morning and playing in airports. And they're going to say, look at this wacky NASCAR crash yesterday. They're going slow, and then they all wrecked. It's like a big clown show. And I just, I'm like, oh, man, like, that's that's just, this, this is just dumb. I hear what you're saying, but that kind of accident on a restart can happen anywhere. That's not indicative of Talladega or Daytona and this kind of racing. We've seen guys before miss shifts, spin their tires, whatever, and they back up and somebody gets into them and they turn them. We've seen this at Dover a few more than once the last few years. It That that happens. That's well, racing in general. No, but Denny Hamlin is slowing his car down, putting his hand out the window, motioning to Newman to come up, yeah. and then Newman tries to get yeah, up there. I, I get He's, that, you know, but I mean, it's just from behind. These, you know, these it's a restart. These things happen. Yeah. I, I just I don't put that kind of accident on on Daytona. And I would actually say that kind of accident now with the new air or I shouldn't say new anymore. Wow, these aero package we've had. Well, you're going to see this at Michigan, at Pocono, all these tracks now. So them kind of trying to time their runs is is a common thing. And it, unfortunately, it's a byproduct of this is you're going to see pileups. I, I don't put that in this place. I, I look at some of the other stuff. And, you know, we saw Joey Logano throw a, a block on Kyle on uh, Kyle Busch. And that kind of upset Brad Keselowski a little bit. Kind of. Well, yeah, I, I saw the comments. Of, yeah. I saw the yeah. video that Bob and Dustin and Matt Weaver tweeted. Um, yeah. Keselowski hits his buddy. Yeah, he uh, was mad. Teammates and Brad, I, you know, I wonder about that. Brad last year had a tough speed weeks. He had, yeah. a, he's already had a tough speed week. Yesterday he wrecks his yeah, we primary. Stood out there for a much big part you were of out four there hours. For, yeah, wrecks his primary car on a. What did he say? Dumb, silly, whatever it was. He hits a pole, right. and so it's already a frustrating speed week. He goes into this race, has a fast car, gets wrecked, and it's just. Yeah, it's dumb. That's what I'm saying. It's just so the whole exercise is like. It's just, uh, I mean, I think was it Matt DiBenedetto who tweeted afterward the, the yeah. Tony Stewart uh, freeze Photo. frame of the, you know, it would have been better if we just wrecked a few more cars <laughs> out there. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I don't like the idea of making it into a joke uh, or making it into a, like a clown show circus type thing. I think NASCAR can be entertaining without having to go that route. And when you have a race like this where, you know, you're trying to build these guys up as like heroes and like daredevils and, and guys who are doing amazing, incredible things that not an ordinary person can do. And when you just see them go out and wreck and everybody's like, oh, it's like Arca. Oh, this made Arca look good. I don't think that's a great thing for the Cup Series. I just don't. Daredevils fail. Evil Knievel didn't make the jump at Caesar's Palace. I mean, so sometimes you have daredevils and you're going to have them crash and make mistakes. And I think that's okay. And one of the crashes with, with Denny Hamlin, would, you know, I think he popped a tire, didn't he? I, I wasn't. Yeah, well, he, he Chase Elliott, contacted Chase Elliott, yep. cut down Hamlin's uh, tire, and he was ahead of everybody yeah. at that and moment, and then he just spun out in front so of everybody. I just, you know, I look at that, I look at the restart, and I'm just like, you know, it happens like it's just it's one of those days and it's not like this has turned into the clash the last few years actually i think the last few years of this clash has been pretty blase and so i think today was a little bit more um it, it was unique so if this was happening every year i, I probably had a different feeling so i'm just kind of like yeah it is what it is yeah i i could see that well let's talk about some of the specifics of the race here as um <laughs> i can't believe i'm even saying this eric jones why somehow won that race yeah damaged that car I mean, that car was destroyed. <laughs> that car at Martinsville, we would have looked at him like, oh, man, that guy's like 20 laps down. But he won at Daytona. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. So it was interesting because um, afterwards I asked Denny Hamlin how that even happened, like physics-wise. Mm -hmm. So Hamlin said, like, the damage on Hamlin's car was so bad that unless he had somebody covering it up, 
covering up his damage. Yeah, with the air for the air. Yeah, he he couldn't have gone anywhere. So when he was able to catch Jones and push, <laughs> Jones was basically like the tape for Denny Hamlin's <laughs> nose. Teamwork, baby. So that sealed up Hamlin's car again. Yeah. And then Jones couldn't put Jones couldn't go anywhere because his front end was destroyed. So he's going as little he can, and then Hamlin is just pushing his heart out. And then Jones afterwards in the press conference is talking about how so he gets Hamlin lined up behind him. And, you know, he's thinking, all right, well, it looks like we can go a little bit, but these guys are going to see us coming and they're going to block. And the guys ahead of them were so worried about each other, didn't realize these two wrecked cars would even have a <laughs> shot, right? So then they just come and sail by. And Jones is like, he's, he's kind of like looking over and being like, all right, cool. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> Got this one. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you, this, this, the way that this was won could probably never, ever be replicated i i don't think i mean this was such odd weird circumstances this was a really wacky wacky race it was in some respects it reminded me of 2017 when kurt bush won do you remember his car in victory lane it was pretty beat up i mean especially for daytona 500 car it was really bad or not to the jones level but it was really bad and yeah you've got a race that what the top only the top seven finishers finished the actual race i think the ninth and tenth place guys were all out of the race yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, seventh place. No, seventh place was out. Too. Okay. So six guys um, finished the race today? Yes. I mean, yeah. And one was a lap down. Denny yeah. Hamlin was a lap down. That's crazy. It's yeah. just nuts. I mean, it's yeah. it's wacky. It's funny. Here's a question for you. Would you be okay with this race if it was shorter? Dale Earnhardt Jr. tweeted about that a little bit. You know, the, the class used to be 20 laps. They'd run 10 laps, invert the field, run another 10 laps. Would you be okay with that? That seems a little bit too short when you're – because – Let's be honest. I mean, this this race um, now there wasn't a big crowd, you know, today at all. I, w- I wouldn't say for you know the same day as qualifying now. So it's they tried to boost this race a little bit by getting them on the same day as qualifying, two for yep. one type thing. But this is a this is not a cheap ticket, from what I understand. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not like it's not a full cup race price, but I think that these are like you know seventy five dollar ish mm. average maybe ticket prices. I, I could be wrong on that. So this is not like some. You know, if they open the gates or something, yeah. and it was like ten bucks and like twenty laps, there would have out. to be some adjustments, kind of things. Yeah, on. but yeah. they don't want to do that because yeah. they they want the money from the tickets. So if you're going to keep it at like, hey, this is a event that you need to come to to only give people t- qualifying and then twenty laps. I don't even know if you're really giving them enough, and then to ask for a TV window for that. Um, I don't know. That's a short. That's really yeah, short. I mean, t- this was the longest clash ever, and it was one hour. 37 minutes, 51 seconds. So one hour and 38 minutes. It's a great time for a TV window. An hour and a half, perfect. And this Ooh. was the longest one ever. So yeah. you're talking about 20 laps. I mean, those could have gone. Yeah, the TV Maybe that the, goes green. The TV window for back in the day for the Clash when it was 20 laps was an hour. That was it. And that was everything. Yeah. So maybe it's, a little too, maybe it's a little too short, but maybe there's a compromise there and figure that out. But, but I guess what you're saying, I mean, for 20 laps, there's no riding around. There's no, no. single file. You go, at, you go after. They go out and they go right away, yeah, right? Maybe it's 30 laps. Maybe it's 40 laps. But you don't need to do, I think the scheduled distance was 70 or 75. I today. still think, though, you, you can, this, I, I really think this, this race could go away. I really do. I mean, what, what this race does not pay well. We no. know that. Um, so as Joe Gibbs was joking about, you know, how much did I have to pay to get this trophy yeah. today? I mean, it's it's no points. It's it's yeah. not. It's just it's just a show, and 
if everybody's just going to tear up their crap, and, and this is a, the, a cost-saving age, I think this is also an age where they're trying to shorten the schedule. Again, I think we talked about the same thing last year maybe, yeah. but you could put this race Wednesday to start speed weeks. You know, like Wednesday night, you could have the duels Thursday. I would do Wednesday. I would start everything on Wednesday. I'd have Daytona 500 qualifying starting at like 530. Get that done. I think that takes an hour and a half to two hours. So you're done. I'd have this race on national TV at about 8 o'clock Eastern. On a Wednesday night. On a Wednesday night, prime time, underneath the lights. You don't really have to worry about rain this time of year here. Get that, you know, get a nice boost. And then the next day, you got your duels and the truck series race. And it's, you know, you're here for five days, shortens up the week a lot. Um, yeah, that, that's how I would do it, if they asked me. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, this, the speed weeks of old where it was like the two weeks, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, when the, the Super Bowl got bumped out a little bit into February, that they had to change the Rolex 24. And the Rolex 24 used to be on the Sunday, and then the next Sunday was the Clash, and it was just boom, boom, boom. And that, that was speed weeks. And now it's like speed weeks-ish. Yeah. Because it's like 10 days. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, some people are going to be yelling at their um, wherever they're listening to this on and being like, Jeff's such an idiot. But they probably do that every week anyway. But um, I, I just I just don't know. This is this, you know, they're looking for races to cut, essentially, sure. I think, or no, looking yeah. away for shortness schedule. Sure. So this is this would be a very easy one. I mean, I'm not even a fan of the all-star race. So it's it is a little bit redundant. If you look at this race and the all-star race, what's the difference? We want the Daytona, one the Talladega. But I mean, it's really kind Charlotte, of Charlotte. I mean, um, so yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Charlotte. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's, you know, select field. It's the same group of guys, you know. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, I don't know. I mean, it's it's something to get people. I going, like it because it's just a way to, you know, it's kind of like an appetizer for what you're going to see next week. And I think if you but, saw. But so often, so often, and, and maybe not this year, but maybe this year, I mean, because it was so crazy, but people have viewed the clash and then gone, well, this, this is not good. It's not a good appetizer. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. Sure. So often the clash has not been the situation where it's like, wow, that was awesome. I can't wait for the Daytona yeah. 500. It was, oh, crap. Is this what the Daytona 500 yeah. is going to be? Oh, no. Is it going to be single file or yeah. is it going to be a crash fest? Oh, no. This is. And then you ask drivers at Media Day, is this what we're going to see? And then, of course, <laughs> Daytona turns out different. That storylines, the 500 turns out different and that's it's all gone. But that's if you want this to be the appetizer for this it hasn't been a good dish at all it's been a you send poisoning. it back yes <laughs> it's been like this is too cold or yeah this made my stomach upset I, you know and i go back to what i said at the beginning is I, I i can understand both viewpoints is i understand your viewpoint is you know it's this is expensive you're throwing money away i, I want to hear from the owners if the owners are saying you know what i don't know if this is something we want to do that's fine I, I let them make the decision and if they're okay with it then fine let's do it why not i don't know i well yeah <laughs> So um, I don't know, who, you know, how much you want to get into um, the wrecks or the various finishers. It's just kind of remarkable to look at this running order. Um, Austin Dillon finishes second in this race, right? Mm -hmm. By the way, we we both respect and like Jeff Gordon, and I don't think you heard this. I call did not hear the broadcast. I saw it on Twitter, we'll, I didn't and we'll get up to where you were in a minute. But um, unless my ears deceived me, they had been talking about how Hamlin was lapped down. And then as they're coming to the line, yeah. Jeff Gordon is saying, is Hamlin going to make a move to try to win this race? Mm. And it was like a, a big ouch because, you know, he was yeah. obviously a lap down and they, it was, a, it was kind of a miss there. So preseason for broadcasters too. Yeah. It's so that, that was kind of unfortunate, but the real second place finisher 
was Austin Dillon, um, who said that he was um, praying a lot inside the car and saying, thank you, Jesus, every time he missed a race or missed a wreck, um, one of which he said he was swatting flies trying to get through it, um, and he, he amazingly got down to the apron and, and missed a, a huge wreck, um, avoided Jimmy Johnson. So he had m- pretty much the cleanest car left, yeah, which, I think. which makes me beg the question, of how did he not win this race? He said that he should have teamed up with Larson because if you looked at it, who was left, there was two Toyotas, two Fords, and two Chevys, and he said he should have made more of an effort to team up with Larson. But Larson looked so wrecked. I don't even know how Larson got the lead. <laughs> well, you could say that same thing about Joe. I mean, it just seems like everybody at this point. Just, yeah. I, I, which, again, Austin Dillon had the cleanest car. Yeah. I, I don't. He get probably it. should have won that race, really. Yeah, yeah I agree. He's probably going to be kicking himself. Uh, Boyer was just like said afterwards. That was just completely wacky and crazy. Kyle Larson finishes fourth in like a completely wrecked car. Um, and then immediately goes to Volusia to run World of Outlaws. He was like trying to wrap up his oh, bullpen he? session quickly. Like he's I, I, like, I got to go run the outlaw race. This race ran long, so <laughs> we hurry this up. You got a helicopter? Or? Um, I don't know. I don't know how he got there. Um, it's only twenty five minute drive or something. Yeah, I guess there was race traffic, so he probably had to get out. Uh, Ryan Newman finished fifth. I mean, that was just crazy. And like we said, Chase Elliott uh, was six laps down, didn't finish the race, and he finished the seventh. Nice top ten finish. Start the year. I mean, uh, this is like an old school NASCAR race when you the the running order. You'd have the guy in like tenth place finish like thirty laps down and yeah, have very few cars finish. So does does Brad Keselowski have a beef? Um, you know he he slammed the ambulance with his hands. Yes, uh, which I have not seen before. People, I've yeah. seen people being mad, but not necessarily taking it out on the ambulance. And on the Athletic, you will read that Brad also apparently threw his helmet and Hans device inside the uh, ambulance as well. And oh. that did not go over well with NASCAR officials. Oh, I see. Well, I'm sure he will... Uh, you will be hearing about that it. That will be rectified with them. But let's, you know, uh, let's, let's jump to how you know this kind of stuff and, and where you were during this race. You had a unique opportunity to... Um, working on as part of a, a larger story you're working yep. on and uh you were up in the nascar scoring tower for the entire <laughs> yeah, race i was that it, must have been interesting with this uh clown show I, well, i'll be very candid the first part of the race it's very i don't know it, it's phenomenal it, it's incredible to see it. there's so much things there's so much happening there's so much communication of what's going on um kind of focusing on steve o'donnell who's kind of the chief uh, like racing officer, I guess is what you basically call him. He's kind of overseas competition. And he was just kind of taking it in. And I'm watching this, and the first part of this race was pretty calm. There's just guys running single file. It wasn't. It didn't get crazy until the late in the race when they made the green flag pit stops and then everybody got separated. So I'm watching it, and I'm watching this, and I'm rooting for the story. That's all I care about in this thing. And I'm thinking... I don't know what I'm going to write about here because there's not a lot going on up in the tower. It's a pretty straightforward, clean race. There was one pit road penalty. Other than that, pretty, you know, and then everything got chaotic. And as this is happening, it's phenomenal to see how they interact, how they um, are reacting to what's going on the track, uh, different guys calling out ambulances, track workers. There was a lengthy caution for a cleanup on pit road, and they were trying to, you know, come on, guys, got to hurry up, got to hurry up. And there's only so much that t- I learned something is that there's only so much the tower can do 
a lot of it's kind of the guys on the ground who are doing things. And the guys on the ground in this case were a little slow getting the cars away. And as this was going on and there was caution after caution after caution, there was some exasperation from these guys. O'Donnell, Helton, they're like, oh, come on, another caution. What's going on here? And when they finally made it back to the line late and the race was official, there was some cheering. I'm like, yeah, this race is official. <laughs> wasn't Helton, wasn't OD, uh, but there was some officials like, all right, we got this one in. They're like, all right, finally. So it was interesting to watch from their perspective. And I, I, I encourage you to read that the full story on theathletic.com. We'll go more in depth about it. Interesting that the officials in real time are going, ah, crap, this is not a good race. Or, you know, it's, well, I, this is turning into not what we wanted. Yeah, it's, you know, it was entertaining and they recognized it was entertaining and they think it was made for good for TV and everything. But they also recognize, like, I mean, at some point it was getting down to the fact of you got, what, six cars left on the racetrack? And, like, you know, it was getting a very real scenario. We might have, like, two cars finish this race. Yeah. Um, anything else from the clash that you want to that you want to touch on? Um I yeah. think the one thing we saw today, and we've seen it so much the last few years in speedway racing, is the OEMs, the manufacturers, working together. We mm -hmm. saw that today. The four drivers very much worked together. They looked very good until Logano and Keselowski got in that wreck and again collected some other four drivers as well. We saw Toyota have an emphasis of working together. That is, again, going to play a huge impact on Sunday. Now, we've seen it at the end. That may not decide the race, but setting it up for the finish, is, this is how these guys work together is absolutely going to determine who's out there at the end. Well, and it was really fascinating. I mean, even though, um, even though, you know, before all the, the craziness, um, Chevy completely botched their strategy. Um, you know, they were thinking that they're going to try to make it to the end if there's no wrecks, yeah. obviously. And that, that seems laughable now, I guess, but, but, they they somehow miscalculated how fast the pack would close on them. Yeah, and, it was about 15 miles an hour difference between they were running 75% throttle, uh, the Chevys were uh, compared to the 100% the throttle the other guys, and it was about 15 mile an hour difference. I mean, they were making up two three seconds a three lap. Three seconds a lap. Three seconds a lap. Three seconds a lap. <laughs> it wasn't even. Yeah. I mean, there was like still 12 laps to go or whatever. Uh, you know, bef when that all when they finally sort of merged. Yeah. And then that's when the craziness started. But um, it was interesting to see all that strategy play out. And you know, if it had, you know, of course, it was never going to go green once they got back together. But if it had, you know, I think those. It would have been interesting to see those fast cars pick their way through. Yeah. The Chevys. I I really don't think they would have made it. Uh, there was some mixed feelings of whether they could make it or not, you know, because they were running, you know, you know, three fourths, uh, throttle. Could they, did they save enough fuel? But it would have been, they were banking on the caution. I mean, right. And, and it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because they got passed. Anyway, they got passed so, yeah. anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered. So yeah, it was, that, that was not a, not the best strategy for them. Um, but that's sort of, I mean, when you try to turn this, race into a, a fuel mileage race. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's that's a risky thing in itself, right? But yeah, and, you know, you're banking on the caution, and you got the caution, but you're also part of the caution. So I just I think this race is really what we're going to see a lot of on Sunday, and I know... Big blocks again. Big, big blocks. People mad again. People mad. Ill-timed, ill decisions. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of wrecked cars. Uh, manufacturers working together. Manufacturers probably taking out their teammates and, and brethren, and, yeah, I think... This is what it's going to come down to, and this is how it's been the last few years in these races. Um, well, earlier in the day before all this happened, uh, a surprise poll winner, at least in my eyes, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 
wins the poll for the Daytona 500. Oh, you're not surprised, well, Mr. Smarty got, Pants. He's got a Hendrick engine. I mean, Hendrick, I had to look at the stat. Hendrick cars have won the last, what, like six polls here? Or Hendrick Motors? So if you've got a Hendrick. But it's ho- always usually a Hendrick car. It, it usually a is a Hendrick car, but they've. Uh, JTG cars have, have done they've done a good job of this of, of building good chassis and, and improving their stuff and you look at what that team did last year they were competitive for largely so I think when you got a Hendrick horsepower car and you got a good you know you build a good chassis you have a chance well, I was clearly completely shocked oh okay well smarty pants Jordan over here knew that it wasn't going to be Hendrick one two three four like everybody was saying he knew that <laughs> Um, Ricky no, said I just, <laughs> no, I mean, I just, Chevy's do Chevy's do really well uh, here at qualifying. I mean, that's just how yeah. it is, and it's it's interesting to see them and how they are able or sometimes unable to carry that speed into the race. Yeah, well, and and even you know after this uh, after the clash, they were all saying this showed us that. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Johnson's quote um, on TV was like, "This showed us we were kind of need to go in a different direction with yeah. how our cars." Um, have been for, for the 500 um, the Fords and the Toyotas can handle a lot better and, it, and it so, doesn't yeah. matter how you qualify here it matters right. how you of run course, I mean course. but it's just it, it ma- handling matters people lose sight of that but it matters how your car handles in, uh, on, a, on a hot track you have to be able to have a car that handles well enough you can stay full throttle the entire way and, and sometimes work your way through traffic and running by yourself uh, one lap uh, fast doesn't matter yeah but did you get to see any of that heart rate thing that Jimmy Johnson was wearing in the car? Did you see? No, I, I, oh. they were, they briefly touched on it, but I didn't. I didn't really know much about it. So Jimmy Johnson has only a, a resting heart rate of like forty, um, which is very low. That sounds dangerous. Well, no, it's good. The lower it is, um, the less um, hard your body's working. So it means you're very in shape, oh, essentially, okay, right? Well. So I've learned all this since I got my Apple Watch that measures my heart rate um, last last year. So you look uh, in shape too. I'm not. I'm not in shape. That's the thing. That's why I got this. <laughs> so right now as I'm doing this podcast, mine is like 65 beats per minute, right? Just sitting here. Well, Jimmy in the car was like really only like 80, 70, 80 or something. <laughs> and then when he got in that wreck and it peaked, yeah, it, it peaked and he was like avoiding a wreck and all stuff. It was 130. Let me tell you something. I did a speech at Bob Hockers' wedding in the off season. I got up in front of everybody and because there's like, does anybody want to say something? You know, toast the bride and groom. Never turned on an opportunity to talk. Well, there you. That's very nice of you, Jordan. Thanks. Anyway, my Apple Watch said that my heart rate then was 128. So my heart rate was my heart was beating almost as fast doing that as calm Jimmy Johnson was going through a wreck at 200 <laughs> miles an hour, where he could have been seriously injured. So Jimmy Johnson, who did a half marathon earlier today, is obviously quite in shape. His heart is in – it's going to last a little bit longer than mine. That's why he's a seven-time Cup Series champion. I don't know if that's why, but it's why he's, he's out, outlived me, I would yeah. say, unless I turn things around. So who knows? This could be one of my last podcasts. Maybe it's the motivation for you to like, you know, turn your life around. I guess. Better shape. Seeing you know? his heart monitor. Yeah. So listen, Jordan, this wouldn't be a um, Daytona uh, for opening weekend podcast without some predictions and of course we will completely forget that we made these predictions (laughs) if um, we're wrong but I will say that two years ago um, on my clash podcast I had Dustin Long back in the Mm -hmm. uh, untitled Jeff Gluck days and he said Austin Dillon would win the 500 and he turned out to be correct oh so nice if we're if we're correct we will trumpet it of course I'll put this on a blimp there you go so would you like to make a pick for the 
Daytona 500? Sure. I will go with a Ford driver. I'll just say Logano. He's good in these races. He's aggressive, sometimes overly so, maybe, if you saw what happens today. But the Penske cars are really good here. Ford does a great job of working together. He was in the, Logano was in the mix last year. If he would have had a help from Michael McDowell, probably would have won this race. So I'll, I'll take Logano. I'll feel confident about that. All right, that's interesting. Um, you know, I it's it's very hard to pick the Toyotas, even though Toyota won last year, because their numbers are so low. Low. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that the manufacturers increasingly um, come into play. For whatever reason, uh, I don't have like enough faith in Chevrolets sticking together, even though they've they're under orders to yeah, do so just, and all this it stuff. It just do- they for whatever reason though, it just doesn't work out for them. We saw it today. Like they find ways to have issues. Fuel mileage today. You know, Taldega was like we can't you know, there was a mandate of we need to work together and they were having a hard time then. So I don't know. We st- we did see it last year at Taldega, you know, uh Chase Elliott won in the spring and Alex Bowman and his teammate Hendrick Motorsports pushed him to the finish line. So maybe, but it just does seem that they kind of have some problems sometimes. Yeah. So in, in, in that sense, um, I'm going to pick a Ford and I'm just, I'm just considering my Ford options here. You know, Logano's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody Penske is good. Yeah, I, I agree, but I don't really want to go that route cause it seems too obvious. I'm trying to pick something where I could be like, wow, what a genius. Okay. Not really, but this, this wouldn't be a genius thing at all because I think he's quite good at, at plate racing. I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's going to be around at the end. I'm looking for somebody who is going to be aggressive and be a good pusher um, who has experience winning plate races. So I'm looking at Florida native Eric Almarola to win the Daytona 500. I think that's a really good pick. And our colleague David Smith is going to mock and ridicule me, which is fine. But Eric has two career wins. Guess where they've come at? One's at Daytona. One's at Talladega. He's with Stuart Haas Racing. He's with a Ford. He runs these races really well. Arguably, he should have won the 2018 Daytona 500. Austin Dillon got him on the backstretch on the last lap. Eric is good in these races, so that is not a bad pick. And if you're looking for somebody underneath the radar, you know, gambling purposes, i.e., you know, you know, a little money on that, why not? Well, I mean, in my case, why not? Because I picked him to miss the playoffs. So here I am talking on one side <laughs> of my mouth about how he's going to win the Daytona 500. You are covering your butt. <laughs> one way or another, you're good. Uh, you could definitely call me a hypocrite there. Um, all right. So Logano for you, Eric Almarola for me, Jordan. Um, we've spent this opening weekend gathering a lot of stuff, yeah. uh, story stuff fun. that we're, I think we're both excited about. Um, do you want to like quickly before people hang up on us, uh, run through what, what people might be expecting on the athletic this coming week? Sure. Um, got a story on Richard Petty Motorsports, kind of their journey the last few years with Bubba Wallace. It's it's been up and down for them. They had that you know two years ago, Bubba almost won this race, and you would think that that coming out of that, Richard Petty, you know, big name, you know, iconic name, and Bubba Wallace, this charismatic young driver, would be able to like take that moment and be able to parlay that into sponsorship and to kind of build that team up. It's not been the case. They've kind of just been. There's kind of in the same position they were in. Also had a great interview with Joe Gibbs today. Um, one year ago, Joe Gibbs Racing won this race with Denny Hamlin. Uh, the month before, Joe's son, J.D., passed away. That was an emotional win for Joe. Um, Joe was emotional today talking to him. Great interview with him. Um, look forward to putting that together. And then I'm going to Disney World on Tuesday with Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace. So hopefully we'll have that story for you this week, but that may be 
a week or two down the road. But yeah, and then uh, we may have a couple other things as well. Okay. So um, I'm excited because the first 12 questions of the year is with Joey Logano. And um, so it's all brand new question, 12 questions. And um, I thought he, you know, he's so good at those things when he takes his time and he, which, yeah. which he does. He's, he's a great quote. He gave some really funny, great answers. And so I'm really excited for people to hear that. Um, of course, not like the teardown where it's free on um, all platforms and behind the paywall, the 12 questions podcast, just behind the paywall. So um, if you're looking for a reason to subscribe, uh, this would be the week where you want to subscribe to some of our stuff. Um, and that will be out on Wednesday. Uh, I also had a really um, fascinating interview with with Kyle Bush today about um, why why he's investing in this energy drink, which I've seen on Twitter, and I just I wanted to know what mm-hmm. what is behind all this. And uh, he we talked for like thirty five minutes, which is probably the longest, but definitely the longest I've ever talked to Kyle Bush in an interview form like that. So um, he was he was really um, animated and wanting to talk about it. So that I'm I'm excited for that story to come out because I think people. I don't know. I, I was just like, wow, what is happening here? So that, that will be coming out um, this week as well. I also talked to Jimmy Johnson today and hung out with him while he went to be the grand marshal at the quarter midget national championships over in the infield um, the day before. And we talked about, you know, just sort of his legacy and the, you know, the start of it on the eve of his final year and stuff like that. So um, those are a few of the stories we have coming out. Um, I'm excited about all those. And of course, if you want to subscribe, because I think this would be a good yes. week to do so if you're not an athletic subscriber, starting today, it is today, right? Sunday, she said. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. our, our today, editor, today. Allison, said, and it is Sunday, the code um, theathletic.com slash green flag should give you a 40% offer, 40% off for an annual subscription to The Athletic. So if you go to that, um, you can see our stories there. Uh, click on our stories, subscribe, please. That helps us. Um, also, if you want to direct subscribe to any of our stories, they are watching to see what you and I, Jordan, uh, generate. So if you want to support um, us or David Smith, um, they're looking to see, they, they want to see the motorsports interest. So um, all of you out there who want to keep us uh, doing all these stories, that would be helpful as well. So and I'd be remiss one more time. I, and I mentioned earlier, I have a story on the scoring tower and being in there, and I did a lot of cool behind-the-scenes things this week, and I think you're going to really enjoy it because I walked away from that going, there is so much little things. I am so much smarter for having experienced what I experienced this week, and I hopefully will be able to educate some of our readers as well in that story. That I think it's going to be out Thursday, but that may change. Okay. Well, that's good to know because um, I think a lot of our – just start paying attention to our website, like, Wednesday, I'd say, because yeah. we're pretty much going to be, you know, there's nothing going on at the track Monday, Tuesday. We'll have so stories starting tomorrow. Oh, we uh, will. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think my, oh, okay. I, I think my Richard Petty Motorsports story is going to be out there tomorrow. And oh, my top five will be out tomorrow. So, too, yeah, top so, five. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Today, so yeah. It's pretty much it's easy to this whole mind. week. We're, we're going to have yes. lots of stuff. We're really trying to go big for you guys um, to start off the season. So um, thank you, of course, for listening. As always, we appreciate you. We're so glad to be back at the track. We will be coming to you from the Daytona 500 on the next episode of the Teardown next Sunday right here at Daytona International Speedway. So we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening.